Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord, because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come into your word and will bring transformation and healing to our hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Okay, so we're going to be teaching for an hour this morning and I hope everyone is uh, tuned in and you're getting us clear and direct. We're continuing with the subject on the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. And if you followed the last Friday broadcast, we dealt actively with the deceitfulness of riches. Okay, we dealt with the deceitfulness of riches. Now, um, let me just say this very important. If you are on any of the live channels and um, you're having any issues with audio or whatever, just quickly let us know so the guys can sort it out while I continue teaching. So we talked about the deceitfulness of wealth. And we're able to establish, um, establish in that teaching, uh, part 5 we did on Friday, that the deceitfulness of wealth controls both the poor and the rich. Those that have money, they place their trust in what the scripture called uncertain riches. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy. Not putting our trust in uncertain riches. And then those who don't have, uh, uh, Paul puts it this way, that they go after, they crave, you know, riches. They crave for finances. And, and in that pursuit, the scripture says that they fall in all kinds of traps. So I'm sure that, you know, you, you need to just follow that up and be able to just get that series and build on. Now I want to touch two things very quickly. Um, before I get into today's subject, one of the things that Luke emphasized in Luke chapter 8 verse 4, it talked about pleasures, right? It says, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and what? Pleasures. Now, the pleasure here is talking about those who do not set their affections on things above, right? If you do not set your affection on things above and you're consumed by just the mundane life of this world, what you realize is this. At the end of the day, your heart begins to shift from God and get into, um, begin to shift from God and get focused and fixed on the world, right? God wants our heart to be set on the word, not the world. Okay, now let's get into Matthew chapter 13 and verse 6 to 8. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 6 to 8. Or let's just do verse 8, right? So we're focusing right now today on the good ground. We're focusing on the good ground. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred sixty or 30 times that was sown. Let's look at the rendition of Mark. Mark chapter 4 verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, right? It grew. It produced the crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, and 100 times. Okay. Let's look at Luke. Luke chapter 8 verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop. A hundred times more than was sown. When he said this... He called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Praise God. Now, 
This is almost like the most popular verse in the parable of the sower, which is the good ground. Now we understand that the ground, since we've been studying from the first part to the fifth part, is the heart of man. The ground is your heart. Okay? Now I said before, and it's very important for us to understand, that seed was designed to produce. Right? Seed was designed to produce. So your heart was designed to produce the word of God. Now, what the enemy does is that he chokes our heart, he chokes our life, so that this word do not come into maturity. Now, if you look at what, um, in, in the rendition of Luke, it talked about maturity. Now, when the seed comes into maturity, it comes into manifestation. Now, let's look at the interpretation Jesus gave. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23. It says, But the seed falling on good soil, refers to someone who hears the word. Okay? So that's the first thing. The person hears the word. Right? And understands it. This is the one who produced a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So, we find out in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23 that the person hears the word and understands it. So, I want you to pick that. I want you to underline the word, hears the word. And then I want you to underline the word, understands it. So two things that Matthew points out to us very critically is the fact that the word needs to be heard. Right? The word needs to be heard. And then the word needs to be understood. So hearing the word alone will not produce fruit. Hearing the word alone is the first stage to fruit production. And this is very important because Many times, believers do not know why they do not get the fullness of the word of God. Right? Now, let's go to Acts 20. I'll show you something here first. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20. And I think we we have been reading this all along, but I think it's, it's a very important verse in this study. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Here Paul was about, he was, he was ready to die. Okay? Verse 32. And he, he was like giving the last admonition to the saints. He says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among, among all those who are sanctified. What did Paul commend the saints to? First of all, he commended them to God. And secondly, he commended them to the word of his grace. So, like we established in the beginning of the study, Satan's, what Satan wants in your life is the word. In the midst of all what is going on right now in the world, (laughs) Satan is concerned about how he can steal the word from you. Because if the word is stolen, there's no harvest. Without word, there's no harvest. Why? The seed is the word of God. Okay, now go back to um, Matthew now. Matthew thirteen twenty three. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what was sown. Now, it's also important for us to understand that there are different dimensions of production. It is not the seed that determines how many folds someone produces. It's not the sower 
The sower sows the seed, does his job by sowing the seed. And then the seed is good. We know the word of God is good, is effective. It will produce. John 6, 63, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, the other issue here, and which is very important also, is that it is you who determines how much harvest you have. Praise God. It is you. So, I can decide or I can make up my mind to be a hundredfold believer. I can make up my mind. If, if the word of God says that some produce a hundredfold, others thirty, and some sixty, it means I can choose to be a hundredfold believer. Praise God. I can choose and I make up my mind that I will produce whatever word I hear to a hundredfold capacity. I don't want to be a thirtyfold believer. I don't want to be a sixtyfold believer. If there's a hundred, well, let's go for it. Glory to God. Praise God. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 and verse 20. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, now, Mark renders it a little bit differently. And I want you to observe the difference. Because I want you to pay attention to details. That's why we're reading all of this. Mark 4.20. Look at this. Others, like, others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word. Okay? Matthew talked about them hearing the word. So we agree on that. Number two, accept it. Mark says they accepted it. And produced a crop. So, if you go to Mark chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 13, you would observe two differences there. There's a difference there, sorry. Number one, Mark, talk, Mark and Matthew talks about hearing the word. That's constant. So, we know the constant place to start from is hearing the word. Matthew talks about understanding it. Mark talks about accepting it. Right? Now let's go to Luke chapter 8 verse 15. Luke 8 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart. So what you observe with Luke is the fact that he describes the condition of the heart. He describes the condition of the heart. Uh, uh, The New American Standard Version uses the word noble and good heart. Now, the only people you, you see that uh, there was a reference with this same word in the scripture was the Berean believer. The Berean believers. And they had, the, the scripture says, they were more noble than, than the ones in Thessalonica. How? In that when they heard the word of God, they went back to study, checking the scriptures to confirm if the things that Paul was teaching them was so. So it describes, listen carefully, he describes that action as being a noble action or uh, a characteristic of a noble believer. Who is a noble believer? A noble believer is not just a believer who is committed to church, who has money, who is in church every day. No. A noble believer is a, is a believer who takes time after hearing the word, after accepting the word, goes back and study the word. So when Luke says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart, <laughs> he wasn't just talking about a man who is good, you know, like, oh, this guy has a good heart, that guy has a bad heart. No. What's a good heart? A good heart is the heart that will take the word of God, break it down, study it again. 
I mean, it's like you listening to this message. What would a good heart do? Take notes. Write things down. Praise God. And go over them and over them and over them again. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what a noble heart would do. And how you... I feel this, right? If you, if you keep doing that, you are preparing your heart for the seed of God's word. You are preparing your heart for the seed of God's word. Our heart needs to be prepared. You see, we must not be casual about our Christian life. We must not be casual about the state of our heart. We must, not, we must be intentional in getting our heart ready for the word. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so that's Mark's rendition. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 8 verse 15. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and retain it and by persevering produce a crop. So you see, now, we've been able to find out five things on how the, or why the word produced. Why the word had a 30 or 60 and a hundredfold. We can pick five things from here. Number one, hearing the word. So I want you to write that down. Number one, hearing the word. Okay? The first step is to hear the word. Alright. Number two, I want to go with Matthew, right? Mark and then Luke. So they're not, they're not in any particular order. Hearing the word should be the first order, but the, the others are based on how we read the scripture. So we're picking the two things from Matthew, which is hearing the word and understanding it. We're picking two things from Mark, which is accepting the word and retaining it. And then we're picking uh, persevering from Luke. Okay, so no, the five things that will produce, that will cause your heart to be noble and good to produce the word. Number one, hearing the word. Number two, understanding it. Understanding it. Number three, accepting it. Praise God. Accepting it. Number four, retaining it. Number five, persevering to produce a crop. So I'll take it again. What are the five things that will make you produce a hundredfold return in the kingdom when you hear the word? What this means is you, for instance, let me give you a practical example. I, I am sick, right? And I need to get healed. Okay? I need to get healed. Let's follow this step now. How do I plant the seed of that word in my heart to produce the result that I need? Which was the result now? I need 100% healing. 100-fold return concerning healing. If I fo- Listen, whatever, you, you, whatever the Lord has promised us in Scripture that we want to take a hold of by faith, if we follow these things I'm teaching you, you'll get a hold of it. So what's the first thing I do? I hear the word of, of healing. Right? I hear the word of healing. Because in Romans chapter 10, verse, 10, verse 17, it says, Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're going to go there. But the first thing for me to receive the seed of faith is to hear the word of God. Okay? So, I hear the word concerning healing. I take healing scriptures. I hear the word. Then I understand it. I understand it. I study it so I can understand how healing comes or how the price for my healing have been paid. Praise God. Then I accept it. 
Glory to God. I accept that the price has been paid. I accept that healing is, is the children's bread. I accept that healing is part of the covenant rights. Then, I retain that knowledge. How do I retain that knowledge? I keep meditating on that. I keep meditating on the word. I make sure that regardless of the symptoms, I retain the word of God in my heart. And then number five, I persevere until it produces. So you see, if we put what Matthew, Mark and Luke wrote together, and we accept it as God's final authority in this regard, we can always produce fruits. The word of God will always work. Glory to God. Praise God. I said the word of God will always work. Will always work. Praise God. So, let's go through the five steps again and we're going to take it gradually now. Number one, hearing the word. Hearing the word. Number two, understanding it. Understanding it. Praise God. Understanding it. Number three, accepting it. Make sure you're writing. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Now, everybody should write. When we get back to church again, then uh, you show me your notes. So I'll just make sure that you're following. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. You hear the word. Number two, you understand it. Number three, you accept it. Number four, you retain it. Number five, by persevering, you produce a crop. I'll go through it again. Hear the word, understand it, accept it, retain it, persevere. Okay. So let's go to Romans 10, 17. Let's pick this up gradually. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory to God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Or if we start reading from verse 16, it says, However, they did not all heed the good news. They did not all heed. That means they did not all pay attention to the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? Verse 17. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing by the word of Christ. So, faith comes from hearing. Now, this is very, very important. How do you bet faith? How do you have faith? How do you become a faith giant? It is by hearing the word of God. How do you become a faith giant? How do you get a hold of faith? Somebody say, well, I'm trusting God for faith. Oh God, give me faith. Oh God, increase my faith. Lord, help me with faith. Faith comes by hearing. Let's take the issue of the virus going around the world today. Right? And, And a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are living in fear of the virus. How did people start living in fear of the virus? And I'll tell you this, regardless of how you make your fear legitimate, fear is a spirit. And it's not the spirit of faith. Now, how did you start getting scared of the virus? 
by the news you hear. Oh, 20 dead. Oh, 50 dead. Oh, it's gotten here. Oh, it's gotten there. What's happening? What's happening? Instead of faith to come, fear is coming. How is fear coming? By the word. Can I tell you something? You realize that one old woman in the village, as we are talking right now, has no clue whether there's a virus in the world. She's just going about her wall, just doing her own thing. Now, pay attention. I'm not saying there's no virus. I'm just saying... We respond to things by constant hearing. So also, how do you build faith? Hearing the word of God. Always have a schedule to hear God's word. Either the reading of the word, listening to messages and teachings and preaching of God's, uh, God's ministers like I'm doing right now. Faith is coming. Faith is coming. You might not know it is, but it is coming. As we spend time in the word of God, we build our faith. How do you become a faith giant? Spend time in the word. Eat the word. Eat the word. Eat the word. Yeah, eat the word. You know, F.F. Bosworth used to say that some Christians will serve them, themselves three hot meals every day and feed their spirit with one cold snack. What's the cold snack? Just shut stuff in the morning and that's all for the whole week. Now, if we want faith to come, we have to hear the word. So, when the sower sows the word, the first response is to hear the word. The word you do not hear has no capacity to produce fruit. So, if you do not give attention to hearing the word in the first place, there's nothing to produce. There's no seed. Yeah, there's no seed. It's like a couple trying to get pregnant and they don't meet with each other. First of all, if you want to have a baby, the first step is the planting of seed. It's the same thing. If you want the manifestation of God's word, whether to walk in righteousness, in the power of God, in the gifts of the Spirit, to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. You know, uh, uh, a long while ago, while growing up, uh, a young believer met me and he said, Pastor, I really want to hear God's voice. God doesn't speak to me. I said, well, God speaks. He said, but I don't know how to hear the voice of God. I said, hear the voice of the written word of God first it will be easy to hear the voice of the spoken word because the written word was the spoken word documented so if I say listen from Genesis to Revelation is God talking to you if you will hear this one that is written and documented your heart will be able to judge whatever spoken word gets inside of you because I've heard, I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard believers say all kinds of funny things. And they say, well, the Holy Spirit told me this. Well, the Lord told me this. Well, God told me this. And whatever they're telling that the Lord told them to do is contrary to the written word. God will never contradict His word when He speaks to you. I want you to pay attention to that. And don't allow any minister of the gospel take advantage of... Well, I shouldn't call them ministers of the gospel. Supposed ministers of the gospel take advantage of you by constantly telling you, Well, this is what God is saying. Well, this is what God is saying. Well, I just had a prophecy. Well, I just had a dream. The truth of the matter is, the Bible says, My sheep hear my voice. So if you are God's um, sheep, you have access to His voice. But how do you cultivate that access? You start by first of all hearing the written word. Reading the written word. Putting the written word in your heart. Okay. Now, praise God. Alright. Wow. So, 
The first step is to hear the word. Romans 10, 17. In the Greek, it's almost like those who diligently attend to the ministry of the word. So, when you're studying the word in your morning devotions, for instance, or you're following the service like this, you are diligent about it. Alright? That's, that's the first thing. So, it's not like, well, we're having live stream service. Well, it's starting by 9 o'clock. Just put the radio on while I'm making breakfast. No, that's not... That's not well, leave that breakfast table and go sit down. That's not diligent enough. Okay? You have to be diligent. It says, my son, pay attention to my word. So, you're not listening to the word with a callous attitude. It's very important. You're not... Right? As I'm teaching you right now, I'm planting seeds of eternal life in your spirit. So, you have that same attention. That's why you realize that every time Jesus finished teaching, he always said this. He who has ears, let him hear. Why? Everybody had these fan blades on their head. But not everybody was listening to him with attention or pain or, or, or was diligent about it. So, one of the first things we need to know is... In hearing the word, we see it as a seed sowing moment. So, if I take my Bible in the morning and I'm and I'm studying First Peter, Romans, Revelation, Jeremiah, I, it's it's almost like, um, well, I remember growing up with my grand uh, my grandparents at some time when when I spent some time with them. I remember them getting up very early in the morning to go to the farm. They wanted to go to the farm very early so they could work. You know, do a lot of work before the sun comes up. Even my granddad, who was a fisherman, will leave very early. It's the same way. When you get up very early, you know that you're going to the farm of God and you're planting seeds in your heart. So you're diligent about it. You are diligent about it. You know, I remember a story that, (laughs) God bless his darling heart, Brother Copeland used to say. He says, when the Lord called him into ministry, uh, the, the... now, when you, if you follow uh, Brother Copeland, you know that the logo of their ministry is Jesus is Lord. Now, it is when the Lord called him into ministry, there was nowhere to preach. But when he got up in the morning, he wore his suit, got dressed, and walked to the parlor. And said, well, Lord, I resumed. This is the only place I can go. And so he sat on his table, and he was just writing, studying the word. And, and he, he was reading the scripture where he talks about no one can say... Um, Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. And, oh, wow. So, Jesus is Lord. He kept writing, Jesus is Lord. And he drew a world map and wrote, Jesus is Lord. He said, well, we'll preach Jesus is Lord from the top of the world to the bottom and all the way around it. And that's how the logo of the ministry came. But what I like about that story is the fact that he got dressed from his bedroom to the parlor. And went, resumed work. Resumed ministry. Studying the Word. Now, that's the same attention that we give. I'm not saying get dressed up for your morning devotion. What I'm trying to say is this. We do not approach the word of God callously. Our study moments should be precious moments. When we are planting the seed of God's word in our heart, put off your phone, put off the television, be diligent. Know that this seed I'm I'm planting has the ability to produce a hundredfold return. I've given you the story many times in this church of Dodie Austin, the mother of Joel Austin, who was diagnosed with a, with a, 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 a death sentence, cancer, cancerous cell that should, should end her life in about three months. She got a hold of scriptures, got a hold of the word of God. 
eh, 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 and fed on those words three times daily, fed on the word, fed on the word, fed on the word, fed on the word. She's still alive today. She defeated cancer. Glory to God. Praise God forevermore. She defeated cancer. Why? She got a hundredfold return on her seed sown. You know, every time we talk about seed sowing in scripture, uh, sorry, in, the, in Christianity today, one of the things we talk about a lot is money. But the first seed you should sow is the seed of God's word. Even the Macedonian Christians, before they gave to Paul, the scripture says that, well, <laughs> that he first of all gave themselves to us. How did they give themselves to the apostles? They gave themselves to the apostles by listening to the teachings of the apostles. Glory to God. Okay. Number two, understanding it. Understanding it. So you hear the word and then you understand it. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 8 verse 30. Let me show you something there. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8 and verse 30. If you have your Bible, turn it. Let's be diligent. Glory to God. Don't get lazy. Turn it. Don't wait for me to read it for you. Fix your eyes on it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Fix your eyes on the word. Praise God. Okay. Acts chapter 8 and verse 30. But I want you to um, understand this story. This was the story of the Ethiopian eunuch who received Christ. Now, you must realize that in Acts chapter 8... Uh, the, the eunuch, well, let's quickly read uh, from verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, a queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all our treasure. Treasure. And he had to come to Jerusalem to worship. What, what amazes me about this man is regardless of how much wealth he had and the position he had in government, he traveled all the way to Jerusalem to worship God. Praise God. That's something that should stir our hearts. Let's never get too wealthy for worship. <laughs> and, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. I like this man. And, and, and as I was studying this, I thought, I thought to myself, I said, maybe that's why God reached out to him. Because this man was hungry. This man was hungry for the word. He had all this money. He could have, he could have said, well, I, I'm going to send 20 servants to Jerusalem, get a hold of the word and come and explain it to me. Or after finishing the meeting in Jerusalem, he could have as well said, well, man, we just had a long meeting. Let me look for one novel to read. Or let me listen to the news. No, the guy was still reading the book of Isaiah. He was just reading the scroll. Studying Isaiah. <laughs> then the spirit said to Philip Go up and join this chariot Philip ran Ran up and heard him Reading Isaiah the prophet That means the man was reading aloud Praise God He was reading aloud And look at what Philip asked him Do you understand what you were reading And he said Well how could I unless someone guides me And he invited Philip And then verse, verse 32 uh, he was reading the passage of a sheep being led to the slaughter. Verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Glory to God. He preached Jesus to him. Look at verse 36. Look at that. And as they went along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look water, what prevents me from being baptized? Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you see, 
The question Philip asked him is the question I'm asking you this morning. Do you understand what you're reading? Because for the seed of God's word to produce in your heart and to produce a hundredfold return, understanding needs to come. A lot of believers just hear the word and they do not understand it. Do you understand how faith works? Do you understand how healing works? Do you understand how things work? So we must seek to come to the place of understanding. In Psalm 119 and verse 1 word 4, you, you know what the scripture says? It says, your statutes are always righteous. Give me understanding that I may live. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give me understanding that I may live. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give me understanding that I may do what? Leave. So, life is a product of understanding. So, one million people can hear the message and only few understand it. I, I bet you, a lot of people heard the parable of the sower. But only few understand, understand the parable after, Je- uh, after Jesus gave meaning to it. He didn't give meaning to it to everybody. So, one of the things that stops us from producing is lack of understanding. Praise the name of the Lord. That's one of the things, lack of understanding. And that is something we must pursue. That is something we must go after. That is something we must, we must, I'll tell you something. It's something we must be serious about. Understanding the scriptures. Not just hearing, but understanding it. And you cannot understand if you don't have time to study you, you cannot understand if you, don't, if you don't give attention to that word. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright. I want to read something again. Go with me to Luke chapter 24. Thank you Lord Jesus. Turn your Bibles there. Luke 24 verse 45. Thank you, thank you. Glory, 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 glory to God. Now... Let's start reading from... You remember the story of the disciples who were on their road to Emmaus, right? Uh, okay. Now, this, let's pick up another story now. Let's pick up another story. Let's, let's look at this now. Verse 36. Okay? Now, this was the disciples to Emmaus. Now, after Jesus had spoken to them and explained the scriptures to them. Let's quickly read verse 32. Then their eyes were... Uh, 30, 31? 32. Okay, 31. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Okay. Now, go to verse 36. While they were telling these things, he himself joined in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. <laughs> and he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Why they still could not believe it? Because of their joy and amazement. He said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broadfish. Jesus ate broadfish, praise God. <laughs> verse 43, and he took it and he ate before them. Then he said to them, these, verse 44, These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written, look at this, about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. They 
He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So you see that. These disciples, they had been hearing about Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They heard all the messages Jesus preached. In fact, sometimes Jesus sent them out to preach before he came to that city. But they did not have any understanding regarding the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in line with the law and the prophets. But what Jesus had to do was to open their mind to give them understanding. Why am I putting If you do not have an understanding of the scriptures, it cannot produce fruit. And, and, and I want you to see this. That's why it's very important to, you know, uh, when I was growing up and evangelists came to preach, to tell you where when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you give your life to Christ, look for a Bible-believing church to attend. It, it used to be a catchphrase then. Look for a Bible-believing church to attend. That's okay. But right now, I'll advise you to attend a Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church. Because some people believe the Bible and they don't know what they believe. Right? That's why it's important to, to go where your understanding can be opened. Go where you can be taught the Word of God. Because we see from scriptures right here that most times in, 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 in understand, for understanding to come, a teacher is released. In Romans chapter 10... Um, verse 17, after saying, when faith, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, he said, how can they hear except, how can they believe except they hear? How can they hear except a preacher is sent? So, it's important for us to pursue understanding. That is how the word of God produces a hundredfold return in our life. Pursuit of understanding. Sometimes, the, the teachers that God has placed in your life, the, the, your, your, your pastor, your, your Bible teacher that the Lord has placed in your life, will, will help you to gain understanding. Just like Jesus did to the disciples, and Philip did to the Ethiopian eunuch, and Jesus did to the disciples when he was explaining the parable. And that is why, that is why uh, the ministry gifts are given. Quickly, quickly, just a bit of uh, a free detour here. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Even though you know it, don't be tired of reading it. Go there, Ephesians 4 and verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, look at that, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, as a result, as a result of what? As a result of the activities of the fivefold ministry. We are no longer children, we are no longer to be children, tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. Why did the Lord release the fivefold ministry? It's so we can be able to grow up in knowledge and understanding. And in the knowledge and understanding of God's word and about His Son Christ. Hallelujah. So, back to Luke. He opened their minds to understand the scripture. So, we see that after hearing, the next thing is what? Understanding. Then number three, accepting it. So I hear God's word on righteousness. I have an understanding of, of it. Then I accept it. Praise God. I accept it. It's, this is God's word. It's mine. I accept it. 
Now, how do you accept the word of God? When God gives you an instruction, if God says, don't do this, this is sin. I accept it. I understand why God says, this is sin. I understand that this is against the command of God. I understand that this is against what God wants me to do. And what happens? (laughs) I accept it. When God says you are healed, accept it. If God says you are blessed, accept it. Praise God. But I realize this. And, and that's why I put acceptance before understanding. Sometimes we do not accept things we don't understand. But when you have understood something, it's easy to, to, to accept it. Uh, as a traveling missionary sometimes in, 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 in my face in ministry, I go to certain nations. I remember one time I was in Kenya. And they served me uh, mukimo. It's, it's made out of corn. Really nice food. And... Uh, the first two years I went to Kenya, I didn't eat it. You know, because it was greenish and all of that. And, you know, they served it with goat meat. I, I went for the goat meat. Why did I eat the goat meat? I don't understand it. Of, who, of, of what a goat is. <laughs> Praise God. And so it was easy for me to accept it. Do you understand that? Now, after my third visit, uh, the wife of, 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 our, of, our, of our brother there, uh, Edda Julius, Murage, explained it to me. He said, oh, this is corn and, and vegetables. And when, he, when she explained it, I understood now that green substance in front of me that was called mokimo is just made out of corn and vegetables mashed together. And I know I eat corn. I know I eat vegetables. Now what happened? It was easy for me to do what? To accept it. If you see someone struggling with the gospel, they have not understood it. If you see someone struggling with faith, they have not understood it. If, you know, there is, there is a dimension of understanding that brings acceptance. Glory to God. There is a dimension of understanding that brings acceptance. Praise God forevermore. So, so you're, you're going for understanding. You're, 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 you're going for understanding is to aid your acceptance. So, if I understand something in the scripture, it is easy for me to do what? To accept it. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Then number five, retain it. Retain it. Hallelujah. Retain it. You know, many times in our life, we hear very good things. We, we, hear, we hear good stuff on face. We hear, man, excellent word. But at the end of the day, we just realize that we allow these things to drift. We don't pay attention to them. We don't retain them in our heart. We just almost like neglect that which we have been taught. And that was the warning that we got in the book of Hebrews. That we should not neglect, we should not allow the things which we have heard before to slip away from us. We must not allow them to slip away from us. So, when you have an understanding of something and you have retained it, we must pay close attention to it. Hebrews 2, 1. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. For this reason, we must pay close attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. When we hear something, when we understand something, you've gotten a hold of healing. Retain it in your knowledge. That is why faith comes by hearing, not faith comes by heard. Faith comes by hearing, not faith comes by having heard. Faith 
comes by hearing. Praise God. And I just want to say this. Um, in, in next month, we are going to go through a faith refresher course for this year. I, I just want to teach again the basics of faith. How to have faith in God. How does faith come? Let's go through these things again. Let's re-energize our, ourselves in the word of faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. For this reason, we must pay close attention to what we have heard. Look at that. Pay close attention for what we have heard. So that we do not drift away from it. We must pay close attention to what we have heard. So we do not drift away from it. So what does that tell us in the production of fruit? It is only what we retain that we produce. It is only what we retain that will produce. Let's go to Philippians 3.1. If you, if you listen to my messages a lot, one of, the, one of the phrases you would always hear is that for the believer, reputation is safety. Yeah? For the child of God, reputation is what? Safety. Philippians 2.1 Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is safeguard for you. He says, I'm, I'm writing the same things I've written to you before. I'm writing them again to you. He says, listen, it is your safety. So, one of the ways in which we build ourselves up to produce a hundredfold return in the gospel and in the truth of God's word that we have heard is what? Reputation. Retaining the truth of God's word. Retaining the truth of God's word. Retaining the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. We retain it. Now, there was something in, in Romans chapter 1 verse 28 that Paul was talking about. Those who did not retain God in their, in their, in their head, in their knowledge. They, they had a knowledge of God, but they didn't retain that. Romans 1.28 It says that just, and just as they did not fit to retain God any longer in their knowledge, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do the things which are not proper. To retain means to have God in your knowledge. To make it constant. So, the truth of the matter is, you, you have to be deliberate to retain the truths you're hearing. That's why constant meditation, constant refresher, listening to the message, get a hold of this message, listen to it over and over again. Uh, we, this is the, I just want to finish this up today. But this is the sixth part on the Bible of the sower. Right? And I think all the messages are about an hour each. So, that is... Six hours of Bible study on the Bible of the sower. And I can take you a long while. Go back over again and listen to it again. Listen to it again. That's six hours of teaching. Six hours of the word of life. Six hours of the anointing and the grace of God. Just pour forth. Get a hold of the messages we've heard before. And listen to it. Listen to it. You know, uh, I was reading somewhere on social media and people were making plans. You know, well, this period, we're going to make sure the children are homeschooled. We're going to make sure this happens. We're going to get games. We're going to stock up food. We're going to do this and all of that. Well, have you stocked up the Word of God? Have you brought out books you want to read? Have you brought out chapters you want to read? Do you have a plan? Do you have a Bible reading plan now that you have time in your hands? Have you stocked up on the Word? Do you have messages piled up and say, well, I'm going to listen to these messages. I'm piling up this spiritual food. 
Glory to God. Or I'm going to pay attention to this. I'll make, make up my mind to join in all the services and hear the word of God. I'm not, allow, I'm not going to allow this to disturb my fellowship with God. And that's the way we can immune ourselves against the, 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 the you know, this deadly stuff going on around us. And, and I'm not just talking about, well, getting a hold of the world because there's a virus going on. It's getting a hold of the world even when the virus is defeated. Living a life that constantly is in pursuit of the knowledge of God and in constant pursuit of growing in faith. And that's something I really want to do this period. Get a hold of faith in our heart. I've seen in my, my small days in ministry that faith in God will produce results. And how do we get faith in God? Hearing, not heard. Not having heard, not at a heart fed yesterday, no. Hearing, 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 hearing. You know, most times, I've heard testimonies, praise God. I've heard testimonies of people who were having deadly sicknesses or something, and they took a hold of God's word, locked up themselves, got the scripture, and they got their healing. And some, somebody said, well, it was because they locked up themselves and did all of that. The truth of the matter is that, that was when they finally paid attention to the word. And give the word the attention it deserves. John G. Lake says, if you give me the same attention you give your doctor, I'll get you healed. How? The word. The word. It's the same thing with your finances. It's the same thing with your church. The church doesn't just grow by so many human strategies. Your church grows by, first of all, planting the word of growth in your heart. And that word will produce a hundredfold return. Glory to God. Okay, let's try to finish it. Number five, to persevere. <coughs> to persevere. Now, when you, have, when you have heard the word of God, you have understood it. You have accepted it. You have retained it. What is left? You have to persevere in that word produce fruit because you know that word is going to produce fruit. The word will produce fruit. Mark chapter 4. Let's look at something in Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 28. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to the name of the Father. Mark chapter 4 and verse 28. Mark 4, 28. Now, let's, let's start reading from verse 26 because this is almost like a parable of the seed. And he was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who cuts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night. And gets up by day. And the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. Now, and, and, and I want to say this. This is very important. Sometimes when we plant this, not sometimes, I'm sorry about that. All the time, when we plant the seed of God's word in our heart, that seed is producing. You know, but sometimes we want to know how the word will produce. We want to know how God will get these things to us. We want to know how will the healing come. No, that's not your business. The seed has an instruction from the creator. Production. So, when you plant the seed of God's word in your heart, you already know that this seed is going to work. You know, uh, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was still developing in my faith work with God, I was believing God for something. And I think that, that helped me a lot. I was believing God for something and... That particular year, I did not get the manifestation, the physical manifestation of what I was believing God for. And my friends knew I was believing God for it. So, they asked me. They said, what are you going to do right now? I said, well, this is another year I'll keep believing. You know, 
sometimes we're so much in a hurry. And the reason is because we start believing God when it's almost like the last minute. You know what I'll tell you? If you're believing God for something desperately in the last minute, don't just say you're trying to use your faith. Just cry out for mercy. Just say, God, help me. <laughs> don't, don't try, well, I'm going to use my faith for this. No, just, just throw your hands in and say, you know what, Lord? Just have mercy on me. And just save me out of this thing. Then I can get my life back in shape. Because we are almost believing for things when, we, we, when it's, it's like you have two seconds to leave. That's why your faith life, F.F. Bosworth, the author of Christ the Healer, said these words. He says, feed, feed yourself daily along the lines of faith and healing. He said, because the day will come, either you need it for yourself or you need it for someone else. So, it's not that the day you want to go pray for the sick, that's when you get healing scripture. No, 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 no. Do you realize that if you meditate on the fact that they shall lay hands on the sick, Every day you meditate on it, meditate on it, meditate on it. Faith will arise in your heart. Faith will be built up in your heart. And one day you see a sick person, you will not know. Unconsciously, you just lay your hands and you begin to see results. So, if you do not pay attention to the word, and you, you are trying to see how the word works, it, you will get into the anxiety and worry mood. Just plant the seed of God's word. Listen to uh, part 5 and part 4 again. I talked about the cares of this world. Don't get into panic mode. Don't get into anxiety mode. Glory to God. Alright. Let's go on. And he goes to bed at night, gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How he himself doesn't know. The soil produces crops by itself. So, your heart was designed to produce crop by itself. Praise the name of the Lord. And always see yourself like that. See yourself that, listen, this, my heart, is designed to produce crop. Am I sowing the right seeds? If you sow strife, envy, bitterness, jealousy, lust into your heart, that's what it will produce. If you sow faith, righteousness, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, generous, the word of God, the fruit of the Spirit, that's what it will produce. See, when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's because it's coming out of a seed. So, our heart was designed to produce that. Now, go on. Now, the soil produces crops, look at this, by itself. First, the blade. That's what I want you to watch. First, the blade. Then, the head. Then, the mature grain in the head. Can you see this? The blade, the head, and the mature grain. So, there is a process. There is a process. And this is something we must learn to teach the children of God. Glory to God. I've got five more minutes. Praise God. This is what we must learn to teach the children of God. That there is a process to life. Hallelujah. There is a process to life. You know, uh, yesterday uh, I was somewhere and I was uh, telling my wife, I was saying, you know, we're somewhere and I said, you know what, this is the manifestation of something that we've been believing God for a long time. And I referenced one of our role models in ministry and said, it's the same thing they are experiencing in ministry. But it's, but I tell you, this particular harvest in our life has taken us 12 years. Well, 12 years of no anxiety, really. 12 years of like, listen, listen, we're going to get this one day. The Lord is going to put it in our heart. Praise the name of the Lord. That's the way it works. Get the seed of God's word right now and start speaking it into your future. Man, I'm excited about the faith refresher course. I like teaching on faith. Because faith in God will produce the results. 
Faith in God. Faith in God will always produce the result. <laughs> I remember one time we were taping for television. And uh, my son, Carriage, was there. And I was thinking, what am I going to teach? I've exhausted, you know, then we're doing weekly television and then we got on daily television. So I needed to produce a lot of broadcast. And I was, I've, I've, I've kind of exhausted my subject material. So I, I think I had some teachings left. And I was like, we're just discussing the house. I said, well, I don't want, at that early stage, I didn't want to look at the notes on camera. You know, I wanted to appear that I had everything. <laughs> and I said, what can I teach without looking at my notes? He just said, faith. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, because that's how we live. We live by faith. We talk about faith all the time. And was he right? 110%. I absolutely can teach faith without notes. Because I spent time, I knew that was my... I mean, that was the only exit door I had out of all the circumstances in my life. And I put my, myself into studying faith and how it works. Is my faith perfect there right now that everything I'm believing God for I have? No. But I'm not quitting. Glory to God. Why? Because it is He who endures to the end that shall be saved. Without perseverance, we cannot produce crops. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 29. But when the crop permits, He immediately puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Glory to God. So, you see that there was a process here. There was a process of the blade, the, the head, the mature grain, and then when the crop permits. What does it mean when the crop permits? If you grow up in an in a, in a, in a agricultural society, let's take mangoes for instance. There are two ways. When a mango is ripe, you could, when the mango fruit is ripe, you could, well, when the mango starts producing, I think the first seeds that come out, they look black, right? That's just the first time. If you harvest that, I mean, I'm not sure that would be sweet. Right. It's going to be sour, feel like lemon in your mouth. But if you allow it a little bit more, it matures. It, it gets yellowish, reddish, brownish somehow. And, well, brown will be bad. <laughs> Maybe yellow <laughs> and, and, and red kind of. Whatever, depending on the species. Well, there are some species that are, they keep their green color, but then they are matured. Now, at a point, if you actually just shake the tree a little, the mangoes can fall. Or some other times, they fall on their own. At that time, the crop has permitted you to reap them because they are ripe. Now, a lot of believers, immediately they see the green fruit, bam! They, in fact, they can't even wait. They want to plant something today and tomorrow. No. The Bible teaches us perseverance. In fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. And that is important if we want to produce crops. Because we cannot just... We live in an instant society. Praise God. And that is not, that's not how the Word of God works. The Word of God... I mean, there are times you're going to get things instantly... But at other times, the truth of the matter is you are going to spend some time. You are going to spend some time waiting. Praise God. I know every time we sing, I don't mind waiting on the Lord, but a lot of us really mind. <laughs> we really, really mind. We don't want to wait as much as we should wait. Glory to God. So let's go over this again, and I'll do my final closing. Praise God. Okay. So what are the five things? Let's just run through this quickly. What are the five things that causes the world to produce a hundredfold return? Number one, you hear the word. Number two, you understand it. Number three, you accept it. Number four, you retain it. Number five, 
by persevering, you produce a crop. So we'll go through it again. Number one, you hear the word. Number two, you understand it. Number three, you accept it. Number four, you retain it. Number five, you persevere to produce a crop. You stick to the end. You wait to the end. You wait it out. Why? Because according to Mark chapter 4 verse 20, 26, the seed will always produce. The kingdom of God was designed that way. In Genesis 8.22, it says, As long as the earth remaineth. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let that be my final closing. Like I always say, preachers should have at least three closings. You know, Paul will write, Finally, brethren, and still write like four, four five, six verses. Genesis 8.22. We'll, we'll close here, right? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, Day and night shall not cease. It's important for you to understand that when we come to the parable of the sower, this is almost like the summary. That if I'll be conscious enough to plant the seed of God's word in my heart, it will always produce a harvest. Glory to God. If I'll always plant the seed of God's word in my heart, there is a law in God that designed that the seed that I produce, the seed that I planted, will produce. And our goal, listen, is not to be satisfied with 30%. Don't be satisfied with 60%. If there's a 100% of God's word, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Don't be satisfied with a bit of healing. No, let's go for 100%. Don't be satisfied with a bit of prosperity. Let's go for 100%. Don't be satisfied with a bit of righteousness. Sin here today, sin there tomorrow. Righteous for three days. No, let's go for 100%. Glory to God. We want to go for 100% in the Word. That's our goal. And how are we going to do it? By making sure our soil is ready. By having a noble heart. Um, you know, by making sure that the seed of God's word is planted, we persevere, we retain it, we speak it, we meditate it. Glory to the name of the Father. Well, glory to God. Thank you everyone for listening. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's pray together and, and, and we just see how the Lord leads us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. Lord, we pray for everyone today that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the knowledge of God's word will be retained in their heart. That light and understanding will come. We pray the blessing of God right there where you are. And I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that your homes are safe, that you are blessed, you are preserved this day in the name of Jesus. We take authority over the spirit of fear. We rebuke that. In Jesus' name we pray that faith is imparted in your heart. And we pray over this whole virus thing in this world right now. We put a stop to it in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that the Lord will keep you safe. And I speak Psalm 91 over every member of this household. In Jesus' name, no evil shall be for you and no plague shall come nigh your dwelling. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.